Welcome, welcome. So today I've got Peter Meyerhoff on the podcast with us today. Yes. And so anyway, what we're going to do is uh, see if we can drop some, some big nuggets. Let's do it. You know, maybe we ought to just do a, a quick little recap of where you came from because like the, the big thing here on this Rags Riches Secrets, we're trying to figure out how to help people get unstuck. The big yes. idea is if you, if you fall apart, you start at ground zero, how do you get from ground zero to the good life? Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, if anybody had it, at the age of 18, at the age of 18, you found yourself stealing a car. Yeah. In fact, you picked, at least you picked a good one. A yeah, brand new Mercedes. I picked the one I wanted off the lot, the black one with chrome rims. Right? Yep. <laughs> so you pick that, and then you go and you meet a judge yeah. that seems to be confused about what a sentence should look like if you steal a car. He said you should spend 12 years in, in prison, and you were only supposed to spend four to six. Four to six. And I told my lawyer before, I can't do six years. Do not give me six years. I don't know how I'm going to do it. How are you going to survive six years? I told him I physically couldn't. I didn't think there was any chance I could do six years in prison. So it's kind of crazy. Kind of a surprise. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Kind of leading up to that. When I when I listened to your original podcast, you know what? Get, tell, tell them where to find your original podcast. Yeah, so go check out my podcast. It's called Roll Call with Chappie. And it's C-H-A-P-P-Y. It's on Apple, Spotify. Uh, I got my own YouTube channel. And uh, I mean, it's the same thing as yours. Same kind of brand. You know, just I want people to think they can do anything they want. You know, I'm proof you can. You know, so... You talk about rags the riches starting at, at ground zero. I was negative. Who knows how far down you know, <laughs> you and I got here. Were. So I want to show people that if you started making the changes tomorrow to get to where you want to go, you're starting so much farther ahead of me. It's not even funny. And if I do this, you can do this. And it should be three times as easy, four times as easy. Should. Yeah. So you did. All right. The, a mini recap. So yeah. if they don't go back and listen to it, mini recap. You were young. You had a, you and your brother, you guys are best friends. You killed it in sports. Everything, Everything was perfect, dude. Like near as I could tell, you kind of remind me of like these Steve Jobs guys. You're, you're all in or you're nothing. Yeah. Like you don't seem to be half, half anything. Nothing at all. And so you did phenomenal sports, you <clears throat> crushed it. Then all of a sudden you got, you discovered you got tied in with parents, not home, able to do whatever you want. The next yeah. thing you know, you wound up getting in from trouble to trouble to trouble. To trouble. And I and I always say, I mean, to to be honest, I you couldn't have had a better childhood than me. I mean, I was, I was a modeling agent at 13. I was in a movie. I was the top athlete. Like, no joke, the most popular kid in school. I You couldn't have had a better childhood than me, and I ruined it all. You ruined it all. In fact, you actually got to a point where you were terrified yep. at school. Yep. To go anywhere because people were actually literally hunting you down. 100%. In fact, they even came to your house and I recall your dad saying he threw like a big... Boulders. Boulders through your window. Yep. Through my parents' houses. Through your parents' houses. Yep. And then your parents actually became terrified. Nobody wants their kid to go to jail, but they thought that was your best chance of making it. When I, I'll tell you this, when I went to prison, my parents and my brother and them were all relieved. Like they were happy when I finally got locked up. They're like, and he, my dad told me that on the phone call. He's like, at least you're safe and, you're, and I know where you are. At least I know where you're at. At least I know where you are. I mean, like part of, part of the reason I wanted to even bring that up is because when we're talking about this part, it's going to lead into some of the other questions I've got is you got to understand like, you and I had the same journey. We were both, uh, you were incarcerated in Tucson, Arizona. I felt so like I was incarcerated <laughs> in Tucson, Arizona. I was working at Raytheon Missile Systems. Yeah. You showed up, was it 2003? Yep. I showed up in 2003. Yeah, yeah. I escaped 2015. When did you escape? I got released in 2015. You got released in 2015? Yeah. I remember when I was down there, I was like, I have no idea how to get a breakthrough. I. 
I got scared to death. I went to school, got excellent grades because I couldn't figure out how to make it. Yeah. And then I discovered after I got this awesome education, I still didn't know how to make it. I made, I survived. I didn't, I didn't thrive. I survived. Yeah. Okay. So now this is where I want to come into it. Things have shifted for you a lot. You got incarcerated. Okay. Maybe it's just in my mind, but if I don't know how to be at more, so to speak, rock bottom, because what I, was it like trying to find a job? Like I said, I was negative. Like I, I, I started way below like zero or rock bottom. It was impossible. And you know what's even harder than actually getting a job is actually thinking you can get a job. You actually know? thinking you can get a job. Because if you put yourself in that mindset that you can't do it, you're not going to be able to do it anyways. So not only was it hard for me to get a job, but me telling myself I couldn't get a job made it 10 times harder because your mind is your straight, your strongest muscle in your entire body. You know, I'm a jack dude, 6'4", 250, and my, <laughs> my brain is by far my strongest muscle. You know what right. I mean? Seriously. So if you tell yourself you can't do something, you can't do it. You know? Okay. What changed? What allowed you to make that shift? Because that's where we all get stuck. You what wanna, changed? You want to be honest, it was my overdose, man. I overdosed. Okay. Um, and I remember I laid back in the hospital bed and I was just, I seriously, for the first time in my life, I was like, I'm done making excuses. Yep. I'm done half-assing this this life out here to try to get a job. Yep. I'm going to figure this shit out. And I told myself, You're, I'm 31 years old. I was just saved by the grace of God. And I had a feeling right then that I was saved for a reason. Yep. And I was like, I'm going to do this. So yep. since then, yeah, I mean, that was almost six years ago. July, uh, when I overdosed, man, it was my brother's um, birthday weekend too. So for the rest of his life, you know, he would have celebrated my funeral anniversary with his birthday. Wow. I probably would have. I'm glad that did work out that yeah, way. Yeah, because his birthday is July 29th and my sober date is July 30th. July 30th. Yep. So you hit, it really comes down to you hit a rock bottom point where you just said enough is enough is enough. I will stop right here. I'm going to stop day. telling myself I can't do the things and I'm going to actually fucking try and get shot down if I have to. But at least I'm going to try because like I told you, it's hard to get a job, but it's even harder if you don't really try and you tell yourself you can't do it because you're already going in half ass. Like, eh, this yeah. isn't going to probably work out, but I'll yeah. take an application. So all of a sudden it snaps in your head. Okay, now what did you do? Like, there, there's a guy named uh, Garrett J. White. He's talking about, he's like, when you're in the pain web, mm -hmm. he describes a pain web, and he's like, when you're in it, he, one of the things that's where he says is stop, and you stopped, and you said, wait a minute. Okay, so now now what did you do, or what shifted that, that made you just to, like, I know it made you stop and take a new direction, but what's the next step in your process? What did you, what did you do next that allowed you to start moving forward? The next step was I first figured out I, on top of anything else, I had to get sober. You know, I, yeah. I had this entitlement that I was allowed to drink and party because I'm 30 years old and I never been to a bar when I, you know, people don't know. I got out of prison at 30 years old. I had never seen a smartphone. I never seen a flat screen TV. I had never had a job. I had never been on a date. I had never done anything, you know? So when I was 31 years old, I was like, all right, now I can like finally like have a shot at this, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's when I finally tried. So I went to my dad's and got sober, you know, we went out there and just had like a little mini boot camp, I call it, you know, like I stopped making excuses and I was just real about stuff, you know? And I was like, all right, I'm gonna try and figure this out. And I had a, a good friend, shout out to Chad Seymour, and uh, okay. who got me in the car business, man. He got the general manager actually to hear me out and take a chance on me. So I always give him a shout out to Josh Spencer, the only guy that ever took a chance on me. And, um, I kind of had to beg him, you know, I was like, yo, don't look at my past. Don't look at my neck tattoos. Don't look, I'm slung <laughs> down in prison tattoos. I did some dumb shit as a kid. And if you weren't yeah. in prison, you'd probably come out tattooed just like me too, you know, but I just want a chance at life, you know, and I said, I promise you I will kill you selling cars. And I just switched my drug addiction to a money addiction, you know, and yeah. uh, absolutely just murdered selling cars. So I went from prison and no job, no anything. And I made 10 grand my first month working. Okay. You, you just dropped a couple things right here. One of them, 
I, I every time I do my podcast, I'm like, look, if you get a nine to five, you're going to be stuck. <clears throat> yep. What you did is you said, look, actually before that, I'm going to back up before that. What very first thing you said is you said, I stopped making excuses. Like that is probably one of the biggest things I watch everybody get stuck on. They never stop and say, what did I contribute to the outcome? Mm-hmm. Like crap happens, right? Yeah, shit but happens. Then, but then you're like, how did I put myself in this position so that I got this experience? And nobody says, what did I contribute to it? Mm-hmm. And that's the very first thing I really saw that you said is actually you hit, a, you hit a, a low point. Okay, change. Next thing you said is I'm going to take accountability. Yep. Stop making up excuses. Third thing is, boom, I'm going to go sell something because like Mr. Customer or Mr. Prospect, they don't know. They don't know. They're just coming up. They want to buy a car. Yep. Okay. So what did you do? Like going from zero to 10,000 in, in a single month selling cars. That like, that's, that's pretty legit. bro. I mean, I made a, I, I didn't even pass freshman year of high school, you know, and I made 109 grand my first year working. You did? Yeah. Dude, that's pretty legit. It kind of ruined it for me though. Cause I had no concept of money, you know, <laughs> seriously. So I was, I, I mean, if you list my pockets, you know, I bought an $85,000 Raptor off the showroom floor and I was still on parole. You know, when you start making money like that, you have zero concept of money, you know? Yeah. So you're almost spending as fast as you can and make it. And then I, you know, my second year I made a hundred and I think 78 grand and then over 200 grand. And since then two, 300 grand. And I had all the toys, you know, custom home. And, and then after five years, I had enough, you know, I was like, I'm going to, just like we talked about, you know, I'm going to figure something else out myself, you know, the toys and all that stuff will keep you happy for, for so long. But once you have all the toys, you know, I, I wanted purpose with my life, you know? Okay. And I wanted to show people that they can do what I did, you know, because when I was getting out of prison, I didn't think this was an option. No joke. I, I there was 0% chance. I would have thought that you could make six figures and multiple six figures and live the life I live now and being a, a dude's house and studio like this, you know, like I seriously thought this was impossible because I put myself in that box that it was impossible, right. you know? And once I realized it was possible, I was like, dude, I gotta stop and show these dudes that they can do this too, you know? So that's why I got into doing the prison stuff now that I do, you know, because I want everybody to know that if I did this, do it too. And it'll literally be so much easier for you to get here. You know what I mean? Like yeah. think of how low I started and where I am now. If you start tomorrow and this goes for anybody that's struggling right now and thinking they want to make a change or they don't know what to do, you know, literally start tomorrow. It's never too late to change. Seriously. 100%. You can do anything you want in this world. You just got to make a change and stop making excuses. So if you're at a low point in life or you think you got a bad or you, or you want more out of life, then go start making more tomorrow and make yourself deserve it. You know? All right. You said something inside that too that was probably easy to overlook because you had a, an entire mind. You had a mind shift. This this guy this guy the the car lot. I assume he was probably successful. Did he own this thing or was he a manager? What Josh Benson was a general manager of owning. He's my same age too. Same age. Yep. It's almost like he was your like your little Yoda, bro. Yes, for real. Yeah. He came along. And he's like, okay, let me show you that. Let me show you a thing to do different. This is how life changes. <clears throat> yeah. And then he must have spent some time coaching you. Or maybe you just had a natural knack at it. I just had a natural knack. I like talking to people, man. And I was in prison. I didn't get to talk to people for so long. <laughs> sitting in those solitary confinement cells. So they just said, there was this whole lot for me to go out. And I was just getting it, you know. And I was sober, too. So I had plenty of free time. Because I'm not spending my weekends in the bars doing unproductive stuff. So, I, like I said, yeah. I switched my partying. And yeah. this, I, I deserve to do all this stuff. Addiction to, like, a positive money addiction, you know. And I'm, I'm serious. Like, I got that. My buddy Chad brought me my first bonus check and I want to say it was like seven grand or something after taxes. 
And literally, I had never even had half that money in my life. I'm the I'm as real as it gets. Like when I was when I was yeah. doing bad stuff, I was not no baller. I was not no drug kingpin. I was a little petty, stupid, shitty thief. <laughs> we just stole shit. I was never a baller. So when I got that money, that was instantly by far the most money I've ever had in my life. But a light went on inside me, you know. And yeah. I was like, holy shit! All right, I can do this. I you can know? do this because if you have confidence in yourself, you can do anything, you know. So that the, getting that first check gave me confidence. I was like, and instantly I felt like everything clicked. I was like, damn, I can make it out of here now, you know. Boom. Yeah. You just had confidence. All yeah. of a sudden you could say, prison's dude, easy. I could believe this now. Absolutely. Because prison is easy, it. especially for a big, tough dude like me. It's easy as hell to sit in a prison cell and, and you know, watch your little 13 inch rat ass TV and with your 12 <laughs> channels and be a dickhead and shot caller. That's easy for someone like me. Right. You know what I'm saying? What's tough is like being a grown man and changing and paying bills and you know what I mean? And, yeah. and being good to people, you know, and like yeah. full on changing, you know, like I brainwashed myself three completely different times, you know, like I've had to rewire my entire Explain. brain three Explain. times. Explain. Go yeah, through so it. One. Yeah, because I'm from Awatuki. They call it, it's the nickname is called All White Tuki. It's like a nice suburb area of Phoenix. Okay. And I think there's been three people the entire time to actually go to prison from Awatuki. So <laughs> I was not a gangbanger. I didn't know prison politics. I didn't know street life. I didn't know any of that stuff. Me and my right. buddies are petty thieves, you know, and they just threw the book at me. So I had to, then when I go to prison, I have to completely rewire my brain to everything I knew to prison life now. You know, yeah. and then you get into the prison life and you're straight institutionalized. You know, I started running yards when I was 23 years old. So by the time I was 30, I was full on institutionalized, a straight shot caller. Like dudes are doing my freaking laundry, like cooking my food. Like I said to do something, you fucking did it. And there was nowhere else. I'm serious. And then when I get out, now I have to shut all that off and go back to where I was before and be like, holy shit, this people is- for, People didn't realize you were the, the bomb diggy. They forgot, yeah. Yeah. you came out to a new world. Yeah, seriously. And here's what I tell the dudes when I'm talking in prison, all that tough guy shit in prison don't do nothing for you on the streets. I was the man in there and I get out here and I'm just like a regular old dude and I still gotta pay bills and figure shit out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all that did was made me more institutionalized and made it even tougher for me to succeed out here. But I did it and you can do anything. Like I, when, I was, when I used to sit in those solitary confinement cells, Imagine I was in a five by seven and it's not 23 hour day lockdown in Arizona, it's 24 hour day lockdown. I was in a five by seven, every single minute of every day locked in that little rat ass cell by myself. You can't even do a push up next to your bed. And I used to have to brainwash myself and talk to myself because I'm claustrophobic. Seriously. Dude, that would be tight. So I mean, seriously, but, wow. but there's no other option. You can't tell I, the cops you're claustrophobic. Like whenever you fucking push yourself there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I had to, no joke, talk to myself. And when I first got locked in those cells when I was a youngster, man, I would have full on panic attacks, like couldn't breathe and thought I was gonna die and wanted to. And then I'd have to like coach myself mentally, like calm down, calm down, you know, this will be okay. You'll figure this out, you know? And that's what I always used to tell myself, like you'll figure it out, just calm down, you know? And uh, so then you get out here and I have to forget all that shit I learned, you know? And I didn't say, not even learn, but like, you know, cause I said I didn't go to prison, I was raised in prison. So like my entire adult upbringing was prison, you know? So that's how I learned how to live. And then you have to, and then you get on the streets and you're like, oh, all that stuff doesn't work out here. No, nope. forget all that shit. Yep. How easy is that supposed to be? Dude, it's not. That's not a, at all. hundred percent reboot. A hundred percent. So I had to learn and I'm still, I mean, and I'll tell you, I'm still a work in progress with that. You know, like I tried a little shot call thing in my relationship a little, a little bit sometimes too, but I'm, you know, I'm still working on it. I've been out of prison seven years, but that's how long, like unclogging that shitty thinking and that stuff you got in your brain takes, you know? But as long as you're willing to like recognize it and make a change, you can change anything you want. But you know what's crazy? See, you're, you're hitting on, you recognize your gap. Mm -hmm. What I mean is you recognize your gap is because you know that where you were at obviously wasn't good. But I, like, I make the same mistake all the time. I think this is how my dad did it. What if he did it wrong? Yeah. Like, this is how my mom did it. What if she did it wrong? For sure. Like, this is how they taught me how to do it. What if they did it wrong? 
Like, I keep asking myself, do I want their results? And the answer is no. No, I do not want their results. Mm -hmm. And I can see you have the same thing. You're asking yourself, like, do I want that? No, yeah. I want different results. Mm -hmm. So then you made a shift in that. And if you want a good life, you got to go through hard shit. You got to man up and just handle business. You know what I'm saying? Like, the biggest thing is to stop making excuses. You know, like, I had to do that and I had to, like, make grown man decisions and, like, literally do stuff that I never thought was possible. But then once, like, anything with confidence, once you get stuff going, just like I said, first getting that first paycheck, just once you get a little traction and going, then it's, it just gets easier, you know? So, like, yeah. the fighting only goes for so long and then you start cruising, you know? And then it's like you get to the next level, but at least you got confidence there, you know? So, I'm climbing the ladder right now still, you know? Dude, you know, I can tell one thing that you do very well, or very well. You at least admit where you are, and then you ask me, and then you you ask the next question, which is, how do I go to the next spot? Absolutely. But like, it is hard for people to admit. Like, I like Ty, Ty Lopez when I was with him one time. He goes, "Dude, he goes, just admit you're lost. Like, if you can't admit you're lost, you will never get found." Absolutely. And I can tell. I like one thing I noticed about you is I just, I mean, I can tell that you were being discovered. You're finding your way. Like, I I've been shocked at how many. How many uh, like podcasts and influencers and stuff you're you're starting to associate with? Like you're starting to run with the big crowd, the big dogs that have a lot of influence. Yep. Like you were on Black, uh, Brad Lee just last week. Mm -hmm. Like that's legit. You yeah. were on Jeremiah Evans, the the Bull Evans. This just today. Yeah. Like those guys, those guys are legit. Mm -hmm. They've done they've done well, and I can tell that you're 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 leveling up the amount of people you're hanging out with. And it's, that's about confidence too. You know, if you, like I said, I did a post yesterday, you know, if you don't, if you don't feel like you belong, you don't belong. Right. That was my post yesterday. <laughs> you know, you gotta believe in yourself. You know, you do. I, I feel like I was made for those circles. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. my buddy told me that then I, here's it. I never try to be cocky. I'm just real, you know, and you gotta have confidence in yourself, yeah. you know? So my buddy told me like that, like yesterday when he saw that post, I mean, he goes, damn, he goes, those circles you're getting in there's crazy, bro. And I said, by next year, I'm going to be the circle. Dude, but it's true. Yeah. But if I believe it. It will be hot. Keep putting the work like I am. There's no, nothing that can stop me. You know what you just and said? And yourself too. I just heard you say something. And I, I've pointed this out over and over on the podcast. Here's what you just said. You just told me where you're going to be next year. You didn't hesitate. You didn't flinch. You didn't think maybe. You told me where you were going, right? Mm -hmm. and, and when people do that, that's where they actually go. Absolutely. And I, I, I like, I like that analogy where this guy comes up to Walt Disney's brother when Disneyland got built, and he's like, he goes, uh, he goes, it's too bad as Walt's not here to see this. And he's like, he's like, are you kidding me? He saw this. You're now seeing it, right? Mm -hmm. And you visualized it. Absolutely. So that's another mind shift game that you've played. Is, For sure. Is, is seeing the outcome that you're going to make cause or cause to happen. Yeah. Wherever you want to go, visualize it. You know what I mean? I see these dudes together and I was like, and I told myself last year, because to be honest, last year, I wasn't in any of those circles. Like I, I, I wouldn't even, couldn't get a follow back. None of those dudes follow me or anything. And then once a few of them started going, just like I said, the traction goes and they just start flooding in. You know what I mean? Because if you keep true to yourself yeah. and keep your positive message, get the faith. You know, I got shout out to a friend, Emily Hayden of mine. You know, she, uh, she's the first one to kind of like reach out to me off Instagram and saw like what I was like a another um, podcast that I had done with the fresh out series yeah and she'd asked me to come out to LA and she's like a 
just a first time athlete it does yeah. you know and i was like holy shit like regular people can can kind of buy into my stuff you know and then i was like of course right away when i when i meet her i was like hook me up with tommy vex and andy priscilla and she's like just wait it'll come you know what i mean and she literally <laughs> shot me down seriously she wouldn't she she, i asked her she wouldn't send a text them or dm or anything like that she was just keep doing what you're doing and it'll come you know and she not only dm me on my post yesterday but then like even text me when she saw me the picture of me and dan fleischman and sean whalen and she's like peter i'm so freaking proud of you. she's like i knew this was coming she's like you literally willed this into existence you know and she's like i knew that you were going to be here you know and i did too you know hannah was yeah. the only other one to believe in me you know when i left my job i'm, I'm very open that hannah was the only person to support me and yeah um that's all it takes you know but belief in yourself and the little ride or die woman by my side dude isn't that crazy yeah because uh like i actually stay pulling that so she gave you the first shot mm -hmm. then where did the second one come from because it, it starts with one yeah i always tell people you gotta start with something you gotta start with one so you got one now what yeah i did i did that one and then i did um i don't know what it was a fresh out series and then I did another one. I don't even remember. I did another one in Texas. Like they all just came in a blur, you know, like once one of those seizures and they said, I've been, I mean, I, I don't know how many have I done. I've probably done 20 different podcasts. And then Brad Lee, you know, cause I'd already DM him a little bit. And then he's like, yo, three different people already reached out to me saying, I got to get you on my show. And I was just like, you, you know what I mean? When he like responded to me and said that, I was like, where it's here, where it's official. You know Dude, what I mean? 550,000 followers, bro. Yeah. Like sure. that boy's legit. Yeah. He is as legit as they come man, And he's as genuine as they get to, you know, like he called me last weekend just to show you a big shout out to Bradley right now, just to show you how genuine this dude is. Right. Yeah. He's big, big, big time, you know, and I got the Sober Life clothing brand and my Sober Life is, I cut the E out, the E out, so it's just S-O-B-R life, right? Because I, I just thought it looks catchy, I just want to be S-O-B-R, you know? Yeah. And then he asked me on a show and he's like, what'd you do with the E? And I was like, I just cut it out because it looks good. He goes, well, you got to think of a meaning behind that. You yeah. Know? And I was like, I didn't even think about that, you know? And I re we recorded that episode two, three months ago. Last Saturday, he just calls me on my cell phone and he's like, yo, what up? And I was like, nothing, what's going on? And he goes, I got an answer for you. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, the E. You cut it out for no excuses. And I was just like, damn, that's perfect. That's good. Right? And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? You know what I mean? To like take months after that to still be thinking about it and actually care. And then on a Saturday, he has six or seven kids too, to call me on a Saturday afternoon and tell yeah. me, you know, that's how genuine that dude is, you know? So like I said, uh, all the love in the world for Bradley, but like, you know, the more you get in with these people, the more like, yeah. I guess, but I, like I said, I knew it was coming. You know what I mean? I knew it just, it's, I just told somebody on the way here, I was like, it's happening faster than I thought, but I knew it was going to happen. That guy. I, I listened to that podcast. I listened to it two days ago yeah. and I was wondering, I'm glad you brought up what happened to the E. Yeah, no excuses. <laughs> but I didn't realize that, yeah, no, that's that's probably, I, one of my models is find a way or make a way. For sure. Because I, I get so tired of people telling me, like, it's not my job, it's not my response. I'm like, dude, you have got to start taking responsibility for outcomes. Mm -hmm. And like, it won't happen. And I, I, I just, I don't know, it's one of the one of the things that drives me nuts. Absolutely, for sure. And for so sure. no excuses. In fact, I mean, the very first thing you already one of the very first breakthroughs you already just gave us is is you stopped making excuses. Mm -hmm. Which is boy, that, that ties into your brand pretty dang good, don't you think? Absolutely, for sure. Screw the excuses, man. Yeah, absolutely. Do something better with my life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then what's next? So Bradley, after you were on I didn't realize you were on Bradley's podcast like two months ago. That was a, that was a, that was a few minutes ago because mm -hmm. he only released his podcast like a week ago or, yeah, or right. something. Two Thursdays ago. Two Thursdays ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now he he takes and releases it. Then what? What what's happened in the two months since you you, you connected with Brad? 
my the, the like the snowball was already happening you know like i i don't know i've been just because I'm a, I'm a networking like king that's what i call myself you know like when i got out of prison i would go to the gym and yeah. talk to every dude that was wearing travis matthew or like you could tell the dudes that had the money you know what i'm saying but yeah and it's not to be like superficial but i didn't know anybody i had to learn from these people you know so i had to like mimic them you know and i i told you i'd watch instagram and i'd watch brad lee's and andy Frisella's stories and tommy vex you know and yeah. i have to like I learned how to live out here by that way because even all my friends that went to college and stuff when I got out, no offense, but they don't have drive. You know, they're <laughs> seriously, they're cool making 50, 60, 70 grand a year. Like I made more money than my first year working and like blew way past them. So what advice can they give me? But now where do I get advice from on how to do this? Yeah. So I literally just studied their, studied their body languages and their stories and like literally just studied what they were talking about. And I finally just paid attention. So I literally learned how to live and do this by Instagram. By Instagram. By Instagram, by following people I didn't even know. How big? And now I know him. You know what's crazy about that too? Huh? Tony Robbins. Yeah. He's like model. Yeah. You like he's like the quickest way from here to there. Learn how to model. Mm -hmm. Find success, model it. You start thinking like they do. You start acting like they do. You start walking like they do. You start you behave like them, and all of a sudden you become them. Absolutely. Just like in prison, you know, I had to fake it like I was a tough guy and keep doing that and doing all this bullshit like I was this hard convict. And then I turned into it. You know what I mean? It's, it's the same thing, you know, but then I had to forget all that shit, you know, because that don't mean shit. You know, when I talk to the dudes and that's what works out so well for me now, because I speak out of parole, like orientation. When yeah. you get out of prison in Arizona yeah. and they do these orientations, I give them a speech at the end, you know, and it works perfectly because the biggest problem a lot of those guys have is that they have this tough guy syndrome. You know what I mean? Sure. They have to be this gangster because they're getting out of prison. And it works so well because when I'm talking to them, you can't try the tough guy shit with me because I was the dude, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I tell them if we were on the yard, you'd all be under me, you know? And yeah. what did that do for me? Not a goddamn thing, you know? So why would you try to do it? If even at the epitome of your, of your the height of where you're gonna go, you weren't gonna be past me, so why do it? I'm telling you it was lame and there's nothing to it. <laughs> the streets don't give a shit if you ran yards. Nope. You know what I'm saying? The streets don't give a shit how many people you beat up or if you stab people. That don't mean nothing to you. Nope. All you did is risk throwing away more of your time for a fake-ass cause by some people yep. that don't give a shit about you. Yep. That's, well, I mean, there's truth. Absolutely. You. I mean, I could easily... I think one of the things that you said, like I, when I listen to your podcast, you, you were concerned about people from jail trying to even contact you. Yeah. Because you did not want to run in those circles. No, no part of that. I don't want no part of that. I have one friend from prison the entire time that I still keep in touch with. And that's it. Every, I mean, I, cause I, I hung out with her, not even hung out with them, but I, I gave my contact information to a few of them once they saw that I was successful, you know, and yeah. I got like, dude, I, I laid out the, like on a fucking platter, like my, the success story. I got the key right here to not go back to prison and to be an awesome person yeah. and to have a life you never thought you could have. Yeah. And they all fucked it up, man. Every single one of them. You know what I mean? I got dudes. I, if, Cause by the time, so I'll tell you real quick, when I started selling cars there at Marquee, you know, sales, how sales is, yeah. if you do drugs, they pretty much don't care as long as you like one of the top sales guys and that goes for anything. <laughs> You know what I mean? So when I started out there, people were doing drugs in the bathroom, whatever, you know, and I was the first sober dude to work there. And I changed the entire culture of that dealership, you know, by like using my final positive alpha male influence in a positive way, you know? Yeah. Now you go to Marquee, I'm not bullshitting you. There is 20 dudes that are just jacked and all work out and they're all sober at that dealership. I literally changed that entire dealership. Like Marquia is like, there's no other car dealership around. Like literally more than half the entire staff is sober. They're, it's like a family environment. And I'm serious, I changed it and my time was gone and my purpose and God moved me on to this next mission. Dude, they, they, had, they had nothing to say. It's like, dude, if you could stop, we could stop. Right? Exactly. When you see my fucked up story, no where I get this, you, you, don't have, you can't even make an excuse. You know what I'm saying? Even if you want to, you can't make one. Because what could you possibly say? God, you know, like, 
you, it's not like nobody wants to really come from where you did, right? Mm -hmm. But you have a story that basically descended what almost most people could come out with. Like nobody could really come up to you and say, well, I got it worse than you. Yeah, right. Like, laugh. You laugh. Yeah, you yeah, you wanna try this? Yeah. I only have to tell them a part of my story and they're like, all right, I'll give up. Yep, you're right. You're right. Give yeah. up. Seriously. Yeah. Which is why recovery works so well now, because when I'm helping dudes get sober and they think they got it bad or they think they're at rock bottom, yeah. I literally can just tell them a little off. I always say I'll throw them a little bone in my story, you know, just a little piece of it. And they're yeah. like, no way, you know? And I'm like, you don't got it bad, man. Let's go. You know what I mean? Let's do this. Yep. It works. Dude, the more you package that story, the more you sell it, let yeah, people absolutely. see it. Yeah. Like I like Russell Brunson and stuff. You, yeah. You bumped into him yet? No, I will though. Yeah, you, you bump into him. Yeah. You're you're running in circles that that run with him. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that guy went from God, five years. He went from zero to like a hundred million dollars in revenue. Yeah. Like stupid crazy. Mm -hmm. His story is a potato. We're talking about him or you? No, him. Oh. His story is a potato gun story. How he got his start in marketing by figuring out how to sell potato guns. Really? Your story is cooler than his story. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it will be when I get to where I'm going, you know? Yeah, but because like his story, like his story doesn't have the same low. It don't. Like watch any movie. Yeah. You know, like every movie, they'll take you into a low. Like there's a, that's why Vice reached out to me, you know, like Vice TV reached out to me while I was still in the car business. Okay. And that's why I was I was on the you know I was on the show, I was a teenage felon on Vice TV. You well, I saw you had mentioned it. I hadn't paid attention to it before. Yeah, so I was on that. You shout and, out on it. Yeah, shout out to Vice TV, dude. And I was on um I was on that show and they told me the last, when I talked to a couple of the producers there, yeah. they said it was up to, it was between me and this other female, um, her name was Jessica or something. Yeah. And she had a kind of crazy story, you know, like delivered a baby in prison and stuff. And she had did the whole YouTube thing right when she got out. So she had hundreds of thousands of followers and I didn't have anything because I was in the car biz. I'm yeah. still mad at myself. I didn't believe in social media at first. I couldn't stand it. Right. I made fun of my friends that were on Instagram. I, I didn't like it, you know? So I've only been doing this for a couple of years now, you know? and. Um, when they told me it was between me and her, I was like, oh, there's no chance I'm getting that shit. She has a huge, huge following. And the next day, the main producer called me and they're like, they're going with your their, your story. They love your story. And the reason they love my story is because my story was so fucked up. You know what you I mean? Know? You can't fuck up a life worse than I fucked up mine. You can't. It's pretty. It'd be hard. It with Not to be alive. Because that was the only thing I didn't do is die. Well, I mean, actually, your, I did. Your pulse was down to like six I, beats a minute. Or no, something. that's when they brought me back. I was dead. I, I, that's what I was going to oh, say. Already... I full on died, bro. Like I was Whoa. dead and they resuscitated me and brought me back to life. Yeah. That, if you that's know? not a good turning point, I don't know what is. Absolutely. And since that time, like I said, I when I overdosed, I didn't. I had never worked still. I was 31 years old and hadn't even tried to live yet. And then within five years, I made a couple million bucks and walked away from that to do this. To do this. Yeah. Because I want to help people. I want to show them this is possible. Because I didn't think this was possible. So if you see somebody do it from lower than you are, you know it's possible. So here's a, here's a gap. Okay, you were making the money. You had everything lined up. You walked away and said, okay, I've got a new purpose. Kind of make your purpose kind of concise. You probably already have it. Explain what the new purpose is so that we can get it. So my new purpose is not only helping people get sober. And I, I mean, even overcoming just mental obstacles of people that think they can't do things. It's like changing the whole prison culture and jail culture and yeah. making these people think that just because they fucked up and run drugs and committed a felony, their life ain't over and they yeah. can still do anything they want. They can still own a house like you. We're not in any box. I mean, especially nowadays, you know, with social media and the, where the world is and with sales jobs, they'll hire anybody now. So you're not tied down to anything. And even if you did a 12 year prison sentence, you can be a millionaire if you want, you know, easily. I could, I mean, technically I could be the sheriff if I wanted to. You know, yep. there's no box that we're putting ourselves in. So that's my my biggest mission now is just to help those dudes. And 
One reason is because when I was in prison, there's, you know, there's no programs for that. You know, I, I, I'm an open book. I, I did 12 years straight of nothing but politics and use drugs, nothing positive at all with my life. Yeah. And I got out of prison and strived to make the, I don't know if I told you this, but the epitome of my success story was to make minimum wage, figure out how to get sober, probably just have a construction job with a boring ass life, but at least I'm not in prison. <laughs> I'm serious. And that's what like that's what the described. top of my success I yeah. thought was. Yeah. So then once I started making the money and seeing all this, I was like, and my thoughts was literally like, shit, I gotta go show these guys what we can do now. You know, I yeah. didn't know this was possible. Yeah. So that's what I go do you now. And I show them this is possible. And then when you hear my story and then you see where I am now, you know it's possible for you, you know? So yeah. that's what I try and do now. All right, right in here, there's, some, there's, there's a piece that I wanna understand that you did, okay? This is, I, I ran into this exact same point. When I was in Tucson, Arizona, I was working for the defense contractor. When I moved to Utah, I literally, I, I, I struggled finding a job that would, that would work because I was in the defense contracting and everything is just miles and miles and miles from me. I'd spend four hours a day driving. So it really wasn't a very good option for me. I literally quit work, got in my car and drove out here. Scary, scary, scary. I've got six, or seven kids at this point. And They're I literally everywhere. <laughs> just got in my car and drove. Like, I didn't know how it was gonna work out. And people get, like, one of the things I noticed about getting ahead in life is sometimes you've gotta be willing to step back. For sure. You've gotta be willing to take a fall. So what you took, you walked away from the money, you said, I've got a new purpose, I'm going in a new direction. Yeah. Okay, so what, what's your economic journey been like since then? Because I you certainly fell for a minute. I don't even, you may I'm be- still falling. You're still falling. To be, you want me to be completely honest? Yep. I haven't made a dollar since June. You haven't made a buck since June. And I live in a million dollar house and still pay the mortgage and have a you know $100,000 car and still pay the car payment on it and haven't made any money since June. All right, so what do you tell people? Because that scares them to death. It scared me to Bradley death. Bradley told me that did it. when we were at his show. He was talking about money and he's like, you know what's crazy? He's like, I still worry if the money's gonna keep coming. I was like, bro, I'm like, I don't even worry about it. I know it's coming. You know what I mean? If these dudes got it, there's no chance I'm not gonna have it. I don't, I don't worry about it at all. You know, even Hannah, she worries a little bit more than me. But I'm like, and I, I told everybody, I'm like, I don't mean to be cocky about it. It's gonna go from nothing to just coming in floods. You know it's what I'm saying? Come like, quick. I, I mean, it's March right now and I plan on having multi, multi, multi-million dollar incomes by the end of the year. So you're gonna, it's gonna all turn. Yeah, it's I mean, I got two different shit. apps being developed right now in the app store. Um, okay. One's gonna be on all the iPads in the jails and prisons. And then when they get out of prison, it's gonna come with another year contract on my own app, which is like a Sober Life mentorship app out here that they're gonna get on the streets. Okay, what's the name of these apps? Sober Life, the, the one on the app store is just gonna be called Sober Life. And then each one in the prison and jails will have tailored to whatever jail or prison that it's into. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. And I, I think these apps are gonna be huge and now that they have iPads in jails and prisons, yeah. instead of just sitting in that cell doing politics and doing drugs, they can start watching my videos and watching my curriculum and stuff. You know, I got dudes that teach courses to the prisons on the weekends and stuff, and they, yeah. sh they show my YouTube videos, you know? They because, show your content. Because Chappie's a, a, a legendary name in the Arizona prison system, and they're like, look what Chappie's doing now on the streets. So what excuse do you have when you get out? Yeah, you don't. Yeah. So now the big question is, is, I'm very curious to see how this is gonna play out. Because like, I, sometimes you just have to, you have to walk by faith. Mm -hmm. I do not know what's going to happen. I just know that I am I am moving directly and intentionally in a direction. Mm -hmm. Did you since you've been out here? Have you met uh, Jason Harward by chance? Mm -hmm. He uh, so Sean Whalen races race cars. Yes, he races race cars with Jason Harward. Okay, those guys are tight. Jason Jason probably made a hundred did a hundred million in sales last year. Wow. So that you're you're in that circle. Like if you're hanging out with. with uh, Sean Whalen, you're you're now you're hanging out with the uh, Jason Harward for sure. But like, 
the thing I notice about him is, and you know, I'll tell you what makes it easier is it hmm. that doesn't even surprise me. You know what I mean? I'm being serious. Like, yeah. I felt like I was meant to be there, and I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Like I told you, it's happening faster than I thought. But I, like, yeah. it's all about confidence, man. I, I know I'm supposed to be there. I knew, like, literally the other night when we went to dinner, I saw Dan and and Sean Whalen sitting right there. Yep. You know what I told myself? Of course they're here. Like this is meant to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. You know, this right. is my time. You know what I mean? All those years of suffering in prison, all that shitty twelve years I did, yep. was just building me up for what the story and what I'm doing now. It just unfolds. Yep. You just you just walk by faith. Yep. The, the thing I was bringing up about Jason Harward, it's his dad. His dad does uh, does coaching and stuff. He told a story one time that when he told it, you, I I just sit there and you're like dumbfounded, right? This lady comes up to him at one of his events and says says, hey, I want you to coach me. And he's like, he's like, okay. He goes, it costs 10,000 bucks. He goes, you got 10,000 bucks? She goes, no. And he goes, well, call me when you got 10,000 bucks. Next day she calls him up. Hey, I've got the 10,000 bucks. It's time to be coached. He's like, you got 10,000 bucks? Yeah, time to be coached. All right, let's do it. He goes, well, what's your business plan? She goes, I think what I want to do is go to Africa and I want to go help people grow food. And he's like, what? He's like, what kind of business plan's that? Yeah. You, you hired me to be a coach. Let's work on this. Like, it was like a week later, she calls him up. And uh, she goes, uh, he goes, where are you at? She goes, I'm in Africa. So I found this nice little village where I can help these kids. And we're going to plant watermelon. And he's like, what? And he said that it was like that over and over and over again. She called him up one time and says, I think I want to go to China and put on a show. And he's like, you realize that you can't do that? Because China won't allow women to do that? She's like, oh, okay. Next week she goes, hey, so I'm on, getting ready to get on my flight. Uh, like how many, how many video guys do you think I should have? And he's like, are you kidding me? And next thing you know, she, within two weeks, she was sitting in front of the, I don't know, president or whatever, the influential people in China and got her show on. And he's like, dude, he goes, I have never, I have never met somebody who thought they could do something more than her. And she literally just went and it like life folded. Yeah. And so I can see you're doing it. Yeah, thank you. That's what you gotta do. You gotta will it into existence, you know? Will it into existence. Absolutely. That's a huge value bomb that you just dropped on it. All right, so we're, we're going into the future. What what new shifts or new changes do you anticipate? See, I, I don't even know that because you know, it's crazy. Like everything I'm doing, I'm, I'm kind of winging it, man. You know, I'm still just learning from, you know, the dudes I see and follow and that, but now at least yeah. I'm in the circles with them. I can at least get their advice and opinions on things. You know what I mean? So yeah. like every person I meet, you know, I just kind of pick their brain a little bit and I, I put a little bit of, Put a little bit of that into me, you know, and I just take little bits and pieces from everybody that I, I follow. And the, the one of the biggest things that you know, it's you gotta always ask questions. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You gotta ask questions, and uh, I'm just learning as I go, man, on the fly, and just betting on myself. It's better questions, you start getting better outcomes. Absolutely, but now I even know the questions to ask because before I didn't know the questions to ask. You know what yeah. I mean? What What do you notice when you start hanging out with these influencers? Because you say you're asking better questions. Like, what are you What are you discovering as you're starting to hang out with like a Bradley or or Dan Fleshman? Like, what do you What do you notice about them? You're discovering or learning right now. They're just bosses, man, and like they're just hustlers and. No matter where we are, they're always working. They're always doing things. You know, they're not like they would never be like looking at the clock if they were working. You know what I mean? <laughs> like seriously, it's like you put endless hours and like they're just like me. I feel like they're just willing what they want into existence too. They're just a little bit farther along than I am right now. You know, it's the same thing though. You know what it seems like? You're like, you're following your passion, your purpose, right? Yeah. Does it feel like it's really work? I mean, it probably is. But you're doing, you're in your own playground, dude. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is work now today. I get to drive around on my buddy's dope truck and go do some podcasts with some cool people and meet more connections. Like, this is work for me now. Right? What a life. Dude, it changes. Yes. Like, 
like I said, it gets better. Just like I told you, you got to fight through the shitty times, then you'll get to where you're going. You know what I mean? And then that, that that's not going to be enough. So then you got to take the next step, which is what I'm doing. You know, just keep climbing, man. You just get the next breakthrough. Absolutely. The next breakthrough. Yep. And the next breakthrough. It's all about catching breaks. You know what I mean? And I always say this too. I went, I felt like 12 years, 15, 20 years actually, and where I never, ever, ever, ever caught a break. You know what I mean? And now it's yeah. like, I can't, I can't miss almost. And I don't mean to sound cocky. <laughs> I don't mean to sound cocky, but it's like, because I made the changes, like, you know what I mean? So I put in the work and made the changes to correct myself and like legit change my entire mindset. And now it's like, when I actually made the changes, it's like I get break after break after break after break. And now it's like almost comical at this point, you know? You're getting what Bradley called deal flow. <laughs> he, had a, he did a, he did a little picture or something. It's like, he goes, when I buy a Lamborghini, he goes, or no, it was a Ferrari. He goes, yes, I would. It yeah. caused my deal flow to go up. Yeah, yeah, he just bought the new Ferrari last week. Did he? Yeah, that's what he called it. When he gave me that little lesson, he's like, at the very end, he's like, see my new whip? I was like, no, what you? He's like, look at my story and call me back. And it hangs up on me. He got the new uh, <laughs> uh, F8. Did he? Yeah. Damn, it's like, it's funny. Mm -hmm. They, I always tease people. Like one of, all right, so my friend Jason Harwood, I took and I, I shared one of his posts the other day. And somebody, he was on a flight and he was, people like to ask him questions. They know that he hit a hundred million. They know that he's done it. He, Is that the guy with the solar business? Um, I'm, I'm the guy with the solar business and franchising. He's the guy that does, he does massage chairs. Hmm. He does all kinds of stuff. With much, all right, so ClickFunnels. Okay. He's associated with ClickFunnels. Okay. I met him, the first time I met him, I was actually knocking doors, selling solar. I started talking to him. He's actually a little bit like you. I think you're nicer though. Yeah, thank you. When I was talking to him, he's like, Mike, he goes, I don't even know why I'm talking to you. Wow, yeah, I am nothing nicer than him then. <laughs> but, but he shoots it straight yeah. because he's very, very straight. For like sure. he does, like that's one of the things that people like about it. It's better to be that than fake, for sure. That kid, he went and started figuring out how to market and sells. And the next thing you know, ClickFunnels gives, like you hit a million dollars through whether like a funnel or a website that they have. They give you a two, uh, $1 million award. Looks very similar to those things right there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he gets, so he gets one. He has one out of every 17 awards down there. Every time somebody gets one, like one out of 17. Facts he got he got so tired of collecting them that he just stopped even applying for them. Wow. And then one year he got three 10X awards. And what I noticed is is that that guy, I'll tell you, one of his secrets. I'll give you, I'll give you one of his, probably one of his he gave he gave me three things that I thought were probably valuable. He's like, first thing he goes, start. He goes, most people aren't gonna get anywhere because they won't start. And like I can see you're gathering a lot of like snowball, you're gathering a lot of snow, mm -hmm. but you had to start. Like, how are you gonna, like, I'm telling people, like, you're not gonna get any snow if you don't move. Yeah. You gotta gather. The other thing he did, as you already pointed out, is you said what's working and not working, and you put a whole lot of not working in one pile. Yep. Yep, that ain't gonna work. So then I'm like, what is working? And then you started saying that, you asked yourself the next thing, what's a new choice? Like, what could I do different? Mm -hmm. I can sell a car. What could I do different? I can start leveling up and start meeting some people. Yeah. Is it is it Brad Lee that always says the more hands you shake, the yep, more money you make? make. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. I recall him saying that. And what's crazy is to a lot of people, you know, another funny part about my story is yeah. people don't know this, but what gave me the end to quitting my job, because I couldn't just quit and walk around. I mean, I like I told you I have a big, big boy bills, you know what I mean? <laughs> now, like literally big, big boy bills, but without even groceries and stuff, you know? Yeah. And but the Arizona housing market just boomed, you know? So I started doing the math on, on what I could do. And I was just like, dude, I got over half a million dollars equity in my house-ish, you know? And I'm like, I'm gonna sell the house, downsize. My plan was to, just to show you about overcoming shit, right? You yeah. know, no one, I, did, I haven't spoke about this yet, but I was gonna sell my house yeah. and I was gonna open up a treatment center. Okay. 
and I was going to downsize and live in either a smaller house or even just get like an apartment for a mm-hmm. year or two. And just, I was calling it like our little boot camp. We were going to go through boot camp, and then, but at least that got me out of working 60 to 70 hours a week in the car business, you know, because, oh, yeah. so I do that, quit my job. You can ask Hannah the next day, I wake up and I'm like almost panic attack. I fucking can't believe I quit my job. What did I do? Oh my God. And I'm like literally scared to death now, you know? And I'm like, I thought I was gonna have all these things and like, you don't even have to wake up the next day. And I'm like, what is this? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, right? Yeah. And um, we ended up not even doing that because I had a lawsuit with the house with some tricky stuff going on. So we couldn't even sell my house. So now I'm still living in my house. Yeah. Hannah gets pregnant. Okay. We have a miscarriage. Okay. Then we have another one. It's just been nonstop obstacles over obstacles, but I'm still chugging along, you know? And I was like, finally, like, no joke, probably like a, I don't even know if I've told her this, but like a month or two in it, I was like about to break, you know? And I was like, so I reached out to a couple of my other friends that I knew were successful, just like Bradley and left and done something else, you know? And yeah. I was like, yo, were you scared? How'd you feel? Because like right now, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm like literally terrified and, you know, and they're like, we've all been through that, you know? And then once, oh, like, yeah. just like you said, once oh, you get yeah. the traction, you get it going, you know? So like, I had to literally reach out to people to like talk me through it, you know what I mean? And then once, like I said, you get a little traction and I see the path that it's going, you know? So like, cause I was looking for, you know, talk about sponsorship on my, on my podcast, you know, and I got first from him probably, we'd already talked about it. And I was just telling her this morning, I was like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to get a sponsor. And yeah, you know, I want to, my shit's going to be booming real soon, you know? And I feel like I'm going to sell myself short if I get a sponsor right now, you know? So, oh, yeah. but yeah, it's just learning on the fly. And I thought I, you know, like you're going to catch bad breaks and it's going to be scary, but you just got to man up. And as long as you know, you're true to what you're doing and you believe in your passion, your destiny and the, and the path you're on, you know what I mean? You're going to figure it out. Just don't give up. You know, just, just like up. Tommy Beck says, don't give up before the miracle happens. was the book. Two two inches from gold or whatever. Mm -hmm. Think and grow rich. And he was talking about a guy who who literally he got involved in the gold rush, went to Colorado, started digging, found gold, got excited, went back, got tons of money, went back to his his spot. He was they were gonna be rich, they're pulling money out of the ground, yeah. gold left and right, left and right, left and right. Finally the, the vein ran dry and he's like, son of a gun. He's like, dude, we had it, now we don't have it. So he sold it all to a junkyard collector who then went and hired somebody knew that knew uh, geology or and, and could figure out where where it probably was dude was two inches from gold like he stopped two oh. inches from gold and he found the mother load and uh, that's a perfect analogy for people's lives you know what i mean you could be right there before the miracle happened you know don't right? stop you give up just in it's time. perfect that is perfect you know i'm yeah, glad you told me that even yeah that's what steve jobs was saying He's for like, sure just keep pushing so yeah. i'm not the other side mm-hmm. you're giving up yep i recall when i made it's funny, I I had, when I moved out here, I can't remember if I had six or seven kids, right? I literally quit my job and I was, dude, bro, I was terrified. I would sit on the ground, rock back and forth. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I got, I, I joke, I got institutionalized in nine to five. I didn't know how to do it. Yeah, for people do. In the end, so I finally, I, I remember doing kind of what you did. I ended up getting books by Tony Robbins. How do you sell? Yeah. Course. I lived audio. I went and found a mentor and I found all these people. And then all of a sudden I started plugging in and closing my gaps. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, you were lucky and you knew how to sell. I had to discover how to do it. Yeah. But as soon as I discovered it, then life changed. And just like I talked to the prison dudes, take a quarter of the effort into what I used to do to sell drugs or like run game on corrections officers to get my cell door open or something like that. If yeah. you just put a quarter of that in something positive, it's so much easier. Dude, you probably did learn how to sell a lot in yeah. prison. Yeah, I mean, if I had to, if I was going to get high and I had to get, if I had drugs in the next building or something like that, and my cell door was locked, I had to figure out, sell the cop on what reason to open my damn door, and I'm like, you know, to get that, I'll be right back. But you, you, we're yeah. all doing sales. You just don't realize it. You, you were, you were digging. 
you were very persuasive. For sure, very persuasive. Because, and, and maybe that was your secret. Maybe that was your secret because if you have if you have a nine to five job like in corporate America, it would have been hard to get us fired, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not doing anything wrong. You're not you're not doing this. You're not doing that. So you're probably not setting yourself up. Those those jobs are so to speak stable, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember like how how critical was influence because I didn't get micro fe- you were getting micro feedback. So if you did not get a response, then you didn't get the result, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I had the feedback and I just didn't realize it, but maybe that's maybe that's your secret. You had to you had to figure out how to make something happen. You have to. And uh, good for you, dude. We did, like I said, you just I I always say that I, I I'm I have zero zero book smarts. You know, like I was a finance guy and I'm the worst in the world at math. You know, like book <laughs> values. I, I did book values every day for a job and I was still doing backwards sometimes. The only way I knew that I was doing it wrong is if the number came out completely fucked up, I knew I did it wrong and I'd do it the other way around, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just proof, you know, if you just give it everything you got, you can figure shit out. I have a, I, I said, I, I'm like an excellent at just figuring shit out and like putting my back up against the wall and just bent on myself and I'm going to figure it the fuck out and I'm not going to give up until I do. So that's one of my greatest attributes, I would say. It is. You were on Jeremiah's podcast, mm-hmm. The Bull Evans. Yes. He dropped out of college. He went from zero to $25 million in two years. Yeah, I heard he had one of the fastest trajectories around with that. He did. Yeah. He did. You got Bill Gates, who fortunately he found the right way, but he dropped out. You got, like, you could probably go through and, and name, like, successful person after successful person after successful person. It's crazy. Yes. They actually end up hiring the MBAs, the ones that didn't actually complete college. Yeah, for sure. Because they actually got real life feedback Mm -hmm. and they really felt it. They like, I learned how to sell. I learned how to influence. I learned how to motivate. I learned how to keep pushing. Like Tony Robbins at 17 was kicked out of his own house. He had to figure out how to survive at the age of 17. He was living in a a car. Then he goes and works with this dude named Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn's like, hey, you want to work for me? He's like, yeah. He's like, go buy everything I've got. It's like 1700 bucks. He's like, 1700 bucks? Dude, that's 50 years ago. I don't know how much 1700 bucks was. <laughs> he couldn't find anybody who would lend him money. He finally convinced one bank to lend him money so they could buy some stuff so he could get a job. But the dude was desperate, and then he became an absolute closing and selling machine. Yeah. Unstoppable. He's like, dude, your life. He's like, if I came from where I am to be successful, like you can buy my stuff. Yeah, for sure. And and he was he he believed it. Yep. So you got a lot of stuff rolled into that. It'll be interesting to see when you run into Tony Robbins and stuff. Because like some of these guys that you're associating with, you're two steps away from that. Because mm-hmm. Sean Whalen is good friends with Jason Hardward. Jason Hardward is good friends with Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson is really good friends with Tony Robbins. Wow. I mean, it's probably before the end of the year. You got Dean Graciosi, who's really good friends with uh, Tony Robbins. I swear Dean lives down in Phoenix or somewhere by you. Okay. You're I I don't I, you're only one step away from meeting him. Yeah, it'd be interesting what your future looks like. We'll have to have you on the podcast again and say, all right, do updates here. You you jot you dived off the cliff. You said I'm gonna go, and I kid you not, the thing I've noticed about successful people is they don't their reality seems to be different. Meaning they just quit a thing and they'll go in a direction and they will cause something to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like the universe that just recognizes that they're that committed. It's you like, know what's funny? I used to we'll say that too. And I was like, I was like, I'm just kicking doors down the legal way now. Just forcing your way. I just said it yesterday. I was like, when they said some on the circle, I'm gonna force my way in every damn circle until I end the circle. You do it. Yeah, you're there. It'll be interesting to see how your career plays out. Well, I will definitely be back in Utah. I just, you know, I told one of my buddies about a place in Ogden. I was like, what the hell was, was he doing with Ogden? But Utah is sick, so I will be back, and I would love to come back on here again too. 
Yeah, bro, you gotta come up here. 100%. Up in the woods, man. We're coming in the summertime too, because Hannah wants to come back and see you too. And I'm, I'm excited to see the same thing. This, I'm, I'm, I'm literally shocked with how cool Utah is. And I've been all over the state the six days I've been here. You've been everywhere. Everywhere. You come, you come up here, actually, like, Turkeys are here all the time. We found bear in my yard twice. Really? Found a whole bunch of deer. We were just trying to pet those horses from one of your neighbor's houses. I even pulled the truck over and we tried to get the horses over to them, but they wouldn't come. They wouldn't come? I'm a, the one thing about me is I'm an animal like fanatic. You know, I like animals more than people. I don't hunt, I don't. I refuse to. I, I hate yeah. pigeons and I wouldn't even kill a pigeon. You know, like seriously. <laughs> and uh, I, I just love animals, man. And that's crazy enough as well. That's one of the hardest things about being in prison all those years is no animals and like I'm a dog, dude. Like I'm. Not famous for it, but like everybody knows, like if there's a dog around, I'm gonna walk. I'll walk across the street and run over to go pet it. Like I just, yeah, I, I love dogs. I, you know, dogs are just the most loyal things in the world. You know, and I they love are, loyalty, right? and they're so sweet. And some days, you know, even when working, I had the shittiest day in the world. Sometimes I come home and I feel like the only person in the world that loved me was my dog or cared about me. You know, there, there's some truth to that. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that that feel that way. They're the greatest. I mean, you can literally beat a dog, and they'll literally run back to you and still love you. Yep, that's how loyal they are. You know. Not saying I condone that, I literally will smash somebody for doing that, but you know what I mean? Like, they're just the greatest things in the world, you know? We can learn from dogs. We can learn a lot from dogs. For sure. Well, if somebody wants to find you, bro, where are they going to find you at? Instagram is Peter Meyer, Peter underscore Meyerhoff, and that's M-E-Y-E-R-H-O-F-F. Uh, podcast is Roll Call with Chappy, C-H-A-P-P-Y. My website is the same, PeterMeyerhoff.com. And um, I'm an open book, man. I love to help. You know, I, I help people get sober all over the country i even talked to a couple dudes in canada and helping them one dude in new zealand you know a, a lady in australia you know like i got people reaching out to them all over the world right now you're gonna be traveling a lot yes i am year. <laughs> for sure i asked her I, we i brought we brought five suitcases and stuff you know i got my change of clothes i just changed from the other podcast over so i'm traveling <laughs> i bring extra habits because i know like you know this was for the moment too i was coming out here just, just to ski and do the bull show and then you know yeah. a friend shout out to ryan stream ryan stream put us in touch you know and uh, spoke very 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 highly of you so <laughs> I, I learned to travel with extra clothes because i'm gonna probably turn into something you know you probably are yeah for sure i, I was laughing how many people you connected with out here i did not realize you came out for just the bowl yep just and then the bowl. you wound up meeting a lot of people Dude, that's how it happens the world opens up if you're willing to absolutely if you let it open up it'll open up for you yeah man Okay, bro. It was good having you on the podcast, Absolutely. man. Thank you for having me, dude. You are a stud. I'm, I'm stoked to be here, man. So, uh, yeah, anybody, if uh, my final message would be, and I just shared this the other day, you know, if, you, if you're going through a tough time right now, tough times pass. Tommy Vex just shared this on my podcast. If you're going through a hard time right now, it's because you are hard and you're supposed to go through that hard time so you can help someone else go through the hard time next. You need a story, man. Absolutely. You got one. Cool. All right. Love Thank it. you, buddy.